Greetings, loyal listeners. I'm Agnes Drew, coming to you on 8:70 a.m. for Mercury, a broadcast of hope. Today is day 157 since we came back on the air. Today, I am reading a story to you brought to us by Wade, who stopped by yesterday afternoon. A little bit of background: as you may know, Wade helps get people to communities and settlements via his own sort of underground railroad. He scouts the countryside for travelers and folks needing help, and then gets them to safe places. He stops in to check on us once in a while, but it's a little out of the way for him, so he only makes the trip to see us every so often. He's a survivalist, a scrounger, and a traitor, which are qualities that have served him well since the world fell. He was helping two women who had both recently lost people close to them, and. Encourage them to write down their story for us to read on the air. Wade says it's a cautionary tale. He said their experience is more common than he would like to admit to. It's not an uplifting story. In fact, it doesn't really fit well with our theme of hope. But I promised I would read it. So. Discretion is advised, dear listeners.、Uh, today's story comes to us from Justine and Laura. We'd been on our own for almost a week when Wade stepped into our lives, rescued us, you might say. We were two days' journey from home. At least we think we were that close. We were going to keep heading north. We were going to make it home. See, we're from Jackson. Early on, we were with a large group of people. Everyone was from Jackson. We went to high school with some of those folks. At first, we were all at home. Everyone was helping everyone else out. If your pantry was stocked well, you were sharing with those whose wasn't. But it didn't last. It sure did last a lot longer than I thought it would, though. It went on for months. Just about too peacefully. I remember the first night I heard a gunshot. It was my brother-in-law Billy shooting at his next-door neighbor over the last bottle of soda or something. Not long after that, we talked it over and decided to leave. People were fighting over petty things, and it was a really tense situation. Turned out that your own neighbor might be more dangerous than the wandering dead, who didn't seem to stroll down Main Street often enough to get your panties in a bunch about. It was just that people were scared, no one knowing really what was going on. After we left, about sixteen of us, we realized how good we had it back home. The further we traveled, the worse things got. We were camping out in the woods about four days after we left when we got overrun by the first horde. None of the zombies I saw before, and none since, could compare with that first encounter. These were zombies with arms broken off and eyeballs hanging out of their sockets, their guts hanging out of their bellies, and all, and the teeth. Always with the teeth. Like they were right in front of your face, it it gave you a real appreciation for the makeup artists in the movies because it was just like that, except for the smell.
Most of my nightmares are about those ones, and the smell is always a big part of them. We lost half our group that night. They were vicious. It was like they knew where you were going to run and got in front of you, like they were working together to hunt us down. There was more gore and death in front of us that night than I ever need to see for my whole life long. For the next week, we lost almost one person a day. It was unreal. Like a bad horror movie, but you couldn't tell which of us were the main characters. Or maybe none of us were. The last two of our friends to die were killed by people. Living, breathing people. They had guns. We still had one too, but we had run out of bullets days before. They picked off our last two friends from 30 yards out. I heard a bullet strike a tree right next to us, and we ran. We ran as fast as we could in the other direction, but it was no good. They hunted us down. They held knives to our throats. Despite being scared out of my wits, I started talking. I started telling those men how valuable we were to keep alive. I started talking about what a good campfire cook I was and how warm the mittens are that I could knit them. They must have had frozen fingers and empty bellies because, by God, it worked. They spared our lives. And if we didn't cook up the closest thing to a feast we could that night to show we wasn't lying... But I knew what they were thinking, and they knew I knew what they were thinking, but their full bellies must have made them change their minds because they didn't act on it that night. I didn't sleep at all, and I waited for our chance to run. There came the moment when I thought they were both asleep, and we hightailed it out of there. Turned out they were just dozing, and they hollered after us, but they didn't hunt us back down. Maybe they were too sleepy to care, or maybe decided we weren't worth the trouble, but we got away that night. All we wanted to do after that was go home, so we headed north. When we met Wade, he was moving south because the situation had gotten bad where he was coming down from. We were far enough from home that he didn't think it was worth the risk to try to go all the way back there. So we're going with Wade. We don't know what else we can do. And that's the end of our story until now. Listeners, thank you for tuning in today. I know this story wasn't a cheery one, but these stories need to be told too. Laura and Justine had it good. Too good, really, but they didn't know it. They left a safe living situation and ran into fatal trouble when they walked away from it. They were in pretty bad shape when Wade caught up with them. But the positive spin on today's story is that they are heading to a settlement. One of Wade's communities is going to take them in and incorporate them into a new group of survivors. For everyone hearing this story, be sure to thoroughly evaluate your situation before you make major changes. Laura and Justine had a tough choice to make. Stay in the town where things were getting tense and might become really dangerous or head out into the unknown. I'm glad I haven't had to make a choice like that, but 
A little prep work and careful observation can make those choices easier. Having the confidence to know what it takes to survive outside can give you the flexibility to make the right decision when hard choices come your way. A little knowledge can carry you farther than you could possibly imagine. For Mercury, a broadcast of hope, I'm Agnes Drew. Now, more than ever, take care of each other.